Hello. Good morning. I think it's good morning. I, I am like in this vortex, but welcome to another episode of the Event Hustler Show. I I love this opportunity to kind of catch up with industry superstars. And Kiki and I were just chatting uh, before going live like always, it's like the good stuff always just we get right into it. <laughs> but thank you, Kiki Latalian from Association Chat for joining us today. Um, first of all, hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> hi. How are you? Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be here. It has been so long since we've really caught up. You and I actually, I guess we were doing a call with Event Moby not too long ago, mm -hmm. maybe a month ago or something. Mm -hmm. um, but I love the Event Hustler show because it gives me a chance to just 30 minutes of yeah. catching up. Uh, and I like it. You know, I, the reason I started the podcast was because we have all these conversations and when they're over, even if they're just catch ups, you're like, man, I wish other people heard that because <laughs> inevitably we get into all these crazy things like we just did in the last five minutes. <laughs> well, I know if they'd only heard the last five minutes, it's like I know, killer, that's how it killer last five minutes, <laughs> but um, no, it's always good to talk to you. We've been, we've been friends and, and peers in this crazy, um, sort of events world and association world for a long time. And so I know that um, whenever we get a chance to talk, it's always interesting to find out your take and to find out, you know, kind of what we're both observing in this space, because they're just, there are always so many things that are happening. So, so yeah, yeah. I'm glad to be here. Glad to have this chance to catch up. Yeah, I feel like the industry always moves very fast, but especially the last few years, it's just that lightning speed. But, um, and I always love chatting with you. One of the reasons is because you talk to so many other people through association chat and your podcast and all the events that you do, you're constantly kind of out there hearing. And I try to do the same. So I feel like then when you and I get together, it's kind of like, I heard this from, this is what's happening. It's almost like you can feel the underground moving a little bit and you can see where things are going because you just yes. talk to enough people that you can see, okay, well, this organization is dealing with this, but they're like the only ones who care about that. Everyone else is talking about this other thing yeah. that's kind of rumbling under. So I think yeah. it's a good chance to just kind of catch up. But before we dive into all of that, I just want to ask you, how are you doing? Because the world is a crazy place and- feel like we don't stop enough to really ask each other that question meaningfully. <laughs> well, and we were just talking right before we went live. I really do feel like that story I was sharing with you. Uh, my husband tells me the other day about the parachuting spiders are about to infest the East, East yes. coast of, uh, you know, the United States. And, uh, my first question wasn't like, what parachuting spiders or what is that about? My first question was, are they poisonous? Because, I mean, th these days we have been dealing with for the past two years, the pandemic we have been dealing, which uh, who who would have guessed, right? So un yeah. somebody used the word unprecedented for talking about what we're dealing with, with um, seeing Russia invade Ukraine uh, and the way that how it's impacting everything from uh, trade to communications and, and the impact that it's having on what does it mean when we live in a world where our uh, tech companies have so much control that it can influence the way that military communications are happening in countries? Yeah. And what does that mean for our association leaders? And then we look at, at um, of course, the climate change stuff, which is also something that is so huge that 
you know, it's, it's, well, I mean, it's, it's paralyzed a lot of us into thinking that there's nothing that we can do or it's a yeah. limited amount that we can do without each other. And so, yeah, how am I doing? I'm, I'm doing about as well as like all of that would add up to uh, letting anyone that's still a relatively sound mind say that they're doing fine. I mean, right. you know, my day to day is pretty good. <laughs> I have a friend. I always text her. I'm like, Hey, how are you? She's like, you know, as good as you can be, how are you? And I say the same thing. It's like how we start every conversation for the last two years. It's like we're surviving. There's nothing that's, you know, I mean, there yeah. are great things that happen. It's not like the whole world is falling apart. Um, but yeah, it's just, I think that comment you made about climate change, making people feel kind of like stuck. It's something yeah. that's such a huge issue that it almost is like paralyzing. But I feel like there's so many huge issues that that is paralyzing in and of them itself as well. It's kind of like, you know, talking about Russia and Ukraine, I hear a lot of kind of like, it's just, I can't even talk about it because there's just so many other things in my head and it's, it's, it becomes overwhelming. And then, you know, we're here talking about associations and how can you grow? You know, it sounds, and, but I think there is so much overlap between all these there things is. that are happening in the world and what people need to be thinking about even though it can be really overwhelming to keep pushing innovative ideas. <laughs> You're just trying to survive. Yeah. Well, and I saw someone, that's just it. We are, we're all trying to, we're all trying to do the best we can. We're all trying to survive. Um, and I think that because of all of, all of the time that we found ourselves sort of in reflection, self-reflection mode over the past few years, um, because of the pandemic, I think we're arriving at different answers and solutions about what that looks like, like how we're doing and what we want to do and how we want to interact with the world when it's presenting so many different problems to us at the same yeah. time. We're probably responding to those in a different way than we would have if we hadn't just gone through so much with with the pandemic and and forcing us to look at things in new ways and to to understand the gravity of a lot of it in in very real life terms and so um i think that because of that uh i'm reminded of i'm reminded of of something that Rupert Reed said, I um, he is somebody who talks a lot. I, I talk a lot about climate change because in the midst of all of like war and all of this other stuff, that's something that's going on in the background that is also this huge thing that's starting to impact us on a day-to-day -day basis, no matter where we are in the world. And um, and he said he lives in, in that whole focused spot. And he went through this really deep depression thinking, well, what's the point? We've really crossed this threshold. What's the point? And he arrived at trying to um, figure out where to find the beauty in the life that we have day to day. And it's almost like if we can, if we can bear it, to get past the pain that people are going through right now, if we can bear it to try to see the positive, um, the positive is that we all already have this limited time on earth. And so maybe the poignancy of seeing the danger that so many people are in right now is, is pointing us in the direction of making better decisions. I would like to think so.
um, based on our values. So, and it's on us to do that. You know, I think it's easy for us to look at a topic like climate change and to feel like, oh, there's just so much, but I think it is our responsibility to think individually about what can I do? What are the things, even if it's not going to change the tide and, but if we all just kind of say, well, there's nothing that we can do, then there's, there, there will be no change, you know? And I think yeah. we all have to see that the whole world's going to make the same changes at the same time. We're going to watch it. But I think that's not just about um, climate change, but even in the pandemic, it's kind of like figuring out what are you comfortable with? What is your life going to look like despite the fact that it looks very different than it used to look with all the restrictions and things? And how yes. do you find like your own joy and and contribute to the world in the most meaningful way that you can? and to your work uh, without being totally overwhelmed by all of that. I think that's a, a huge challenge that I know I'm trying to put myself through. <laughs> I think yeah. thinking about that. Well, I think so too. And I was looking, I was just now looking for something cause I, I, and I couldn't find it. Um, so uh, there was something that I read the other day as I was doom scrolling and, uh, and the person said, I said to my wife, um, I'm so sorry for, you know, um, bringing us, bringing a child into this world that is, is, you know, so full of, of all of these horrible things. And she, she quoted him something. So I'm going to have to paraphrase somebody sure. quoting something, but she said, um, never apologize for giving birth to uh, dragon slayers in a time of dragons. And mm. I think, that's powerful. Like, instead of being like, Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, maybe, maybe in, in all of our decisions, we're here now and we have, you know, I have a child, you have children and it's like, let's, let's think about what we can do with what we have and to try to, you know, raise our dragon slayers, you know, that are going to be able to slay these dragons. Yeah. Now, as it relates to um, associations and kind of the work that I know you do and so many people do, or just event industry people, right? Like there's so many, just like we're talking about climate change and war and pandemic, obviously all of those things impact the work that we do as event professionals, but we have on top of that, lots of added challenges (laughs) uh, just as an industry. Um, What advice do you have for people who say, I would love to be that dragon side. I'd love to make a difference in the world and in my work. I just don't know where to start. It's overwhelming. Oh yeah. Okay. So, so like, um, and this is something that I see people facing all the time because they're dealing with, uh, ultimately these, these relationships that are either on their boards or as part of their memberships or within their staff. And, you know, one thing we know for sure is that when you live in uncertain times, there is, you have trust issues that you're going to run into, you have relationship issues, people are trying to suss out who they can actually um, trust and who they can communicate with and build things with. Our associations have the, the, this huge responsibility and this also this great opportunity to be able to do so much because they represent these swaths of science or, or, you know, health areas, industry, tech areas. And it's like these huge swaths of people. 
So there are these really great opportunities, but what are they, what, what's happening is that our leaders are running into everything from, you know, uh, issues with culture on the work in the workplace, because everyone's had these, uh, these remote working situations and they're saying, I want something different. They're trying to, to, to figure out what that power dynamic is on staff. They're trying to figure out what their members need. That's different than what they needed before. Um, Ultimately, I think what needs to happen is that I think uh, some of the smartest leaders that I am, you know, fortunate to be talking with, they're making decisions about how to really double down on what makes them not just relevant, but makes them important, really important, because mm-hmm. there's relevance, which is like sort of the bare minimum you need to cross. And then there's like, what's actually something that compels people to want to act and do and be a part of. And so they are focusing on the, that relationship cultivation and making them making their organizations and their relationships, the number one thing that they're focused on. And so in a time when we have so much technology, that's like sort of taking care of all of these different pieces of the relationship Um, which is great for streamlining, they're looking at, well, how do I make sure that each of these individuals, sometimes individuals representing companies, understand um, that they mean something to me and to the organization and to each other? And those individuals, those leaders who are figuring out that they need to, to cultivate those relationships and they're really trying to figure out how to make that matter more um, they're, they're finding greater success because they're able to have the important communications, the important conversations that allow them to grow and, and move in a direction in which they need to, to move. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the things that I hoped would come out of the pandemic is, you know, you, everything gets taken away from you in terms of, you know, going out and the lifestyle that you used to live and everyone's working from home. They're spending more time with the family. And I I have experienced countless conversations in and outside the industry of people who are saying that gave me just enough breathing room to think that I don't like the way things were working. You know, technology is great, but to your point, it only manages so much of the relationship. (laughs) A relationship is about two human beings who are connected and, and that impacts what we want to do with social media and how we view that with our, you know, association management technologies. Um, but also this drive towards humans connecting with each other and, and kind of underlying all of that, you see all these bigger issues like climate change and things happening in the world. You know, maybe it's super optimistic of me, but I feel like this is where the change happens is when people kind of dial back from all of that technology. And obviously you and I are both big fans of tech, Yeah, but it's about the human connections and learning um, I don't know if you saw in the Taxi Talk community, but I was posting about these employers who are doing stay interviews. Mm-hmm. Point, you know, everyone's leaving. And so the employers are looking at their top performers and say, what can we do to make you stay here? What is yeah. it that will attract you? And I think associations and organizations should all be doing this. We're doing it with our Taxi Talk community, just asking people, tell me what makes you feel like there's value? What is, I bet we're doing a ton of stuff that our members don't care about. They just yeah. I mean, <laughs> paper. 
Um, so that's, but that's got to be a huge challenge, especially for these international associations who have people from all over the world where things are impacting everyone differently. Although obviously things like pandemic affect globally, but certainly yeah. not the same way. Well, and I'm, I'm seeing that I'm seeing that in the association chat community too, as people are trying to decide whether they renew memberships to like industry organization associations and stuff. They're trying to figure out um, what is, what is the value for me there? What has it been? Is it still the same? What's changed? And it's, um, it's been illuminating for me because I think, I think these are the questions we always want to be asking and we always should be asking, but it really has now, you know, it's become a time where it's not just, yes, the money part is important, but it's not just that it's, it's people saying, you know, I'm really trying to narrow down, like I'm trying to make my life more meaningful and yeah. I'm really trying to eliminate the stuff that is not adding directly to it. Is this still, you know, does this still have the value that it used to? And you want your members or your, whether it's a, a group, an online group, your association, you want your members to be like, oh, absolutely. I get so much. I, I have to be a part of that. I can't even imagine not, not being a member. And if they ask that question and they're really, really struggling with it, even if they eventually come to the the idea that, yeah, they're going to go ahead and renew, boy, you better be thinking about like, <laughs> you know, like yeah, exactly. how, how do we make that an easier yes next time? Because yeah. if that's that excruciating, then there's something wrong, you know, or you that's seeing... just the different, that's just a different organization than what that person needs, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you're not going to be the right fit for every member. But yeah. are you seeing any trends in terms of what members are looking for, what they find valuable, and what they're saying, like, okay, I've been paying all these years for X, but it's yes, just either it's suddenly not as meaningful to me, or I just haven't taken the time to think about it. And now that I think about it, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of the big things that's been coming up, and, and this is the sort of dichotomy that I'm, I'm like struggling with myself. And I think a lot of us are, is the role that events play in helping to bring people together, um, for that networking like uh, community yeah. building relationship building and all of that. And that's such a huge part of what an association does, you know, is, is, is having that community. That's part of the value proposition that makes an association unique. Um, and it, being able to to build those relationships also very very important. When um, the pandemic happened, and of course everyone, and I say every, but but like most of us had to shelter in place. We couldn't get together as easily, and now we're still grappling with what regional rules are. We're in a moment right now, just for future posterity. So if anybody's watching this later, in this exact moment, things are opening up around the U.S. Uh, in the meantime, we're seeing in, in Europe where they opened everything up and now cases yeah. are rising again. So, yeah. but for this moment, people, it, we're going into summer and for many of us in the United States, uh, there's this feeling of hope and wow, you know, my daughter just went to her first day of class where she was able to see everyone, including her teacher's faces mm -hmm. for the first time yesterday. So, so going without the mask and whether we 
we see a return to the masks and all of the regulations and stuff. People are so fatigued with that. It doesn't even really matter in a way because the questions we have to answer about that, what we saw is a real uh, shakedown of value proposition for associations during that time. If we can't get together, how are we connecting our people? That's really what it comes down to. And if there wasn't a good solution for that, and I'm not just talking about events, for associations, if I were an association, you know, executive director, I would be saying what, not just what happens if this happens again, but looking over at what's happening with Ukraine and Russia, what's the future hold in like 10 years if our tech companies can decide to either make the internet work for us or not? What does that mean? And so if we suddenly lost the ability to communicate in the number one way that we do to bring people together and our role, our primary role is to bring people together, I think that you have to start asking yourself questions about how do we do that if the thing I rely on the most doesn't work? When Google goes down for a second, you know, or it goes down for half a day, I remember several months ago, it's like, my Google calendar doesn't work. I have no idea what my life is anymore. And it's like, okay, so we need to figure out the plan B. <laughs> you exactly. Know? And there's um, been such a push, especially over the last two years, to digitize everything. Okay, well, we yeah. can't get together in person because of COVID rules. So let's get everyone online and let's build right. these online communities. And, and certainly I think there's obviously value in that. We're not talking about a world, I think, in 10 years where technology doesn't exist. Right. But to your point, really thinking about what are the backup plans, but also those backup plans being really important right now because very important. people want yeah. to see face. I would love to see you face to face and have like actual drink instead of just seeing each other on StreamYard all the time for years. Yes. So I think. That piece is really important for associations to cultivate regardless, and really for everyone to cultivate regardless of what's going to, like totally. you said, predict the future. But yeah, I mean, I'm looking happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. And you're probably seeing this too. Like things, because things are opening up, I have more and more, like I'm actually start. I can start to think of myself as a, as a speaker who travels again, because like I'm starting to get yeah. the invitations coming into things again. And which is very strange because I've gone for years now, a couple of years where it was like, I didn't have to start coordinating that. And now I'm like, Ooh, how do I get from this engagement to this one? Fun. And also like, I'm not sure I want to build it back into the direction it was in before, but what that tells me is that, yes, of course, you know, we want to get together. We want to see each other face to face, but when we're face to face, you know, some of these, uh, some of these in-person meetings that I've been going to, there's also a high expectation of making the absolute most of when you're with other people, like, oh my gosh, you know, if, if, if you're not making the absolute most of that time together, or if your rules are preventing people from, from connecting more, um, there's a lot of pushback and uh, feedback from folks, uh, attendees, participants. And so, yeah, you need a plan B. You also need a plan C. I mean, if you don't have the ability to mail people directly, and which is a bigger issue with remote workforce being what it is today, um, if you don't have the ability to reach out in like a couple of different ways, 
then you should get to work on that, I think, because um, we cannot rely on just one avenue all the time. And I mean, this is a pretty uh, big question, deep question, but uh, you mentioned a little bit earlier about technology and their access to just their power, but also their access to information. And mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. in New York yesterday, the senators were rolling out just heads up, we're going to be targeted for more and more cyber attacks. And so everyone should change their passwords and they're kind of, it was just on the net, you know, the news. Um, And I think this is another thing organizations have to think a lot about is now you're going to collect even more information potentially about your members mailing. Absolutely. What are you seeing in terms of that, in terms of what are doing or need to do? Well, if you remember going back pre-pandemic, you know, GDPR was like the big everything. (laughs) And now, and it still is, right? Like it's even more so now, but of course we're all exhausted. We don't even want to remember what that's all about. Um, All of these privacy rules, all of these, you know, and and increasingly with the remote workforce, uh, because they have different technology and different ways that they're handling LastPass, our our data hygiene and our the, the rules that we live by in the way that we interact with our information are becoming more and more important. So um, companies like Delcor that do things like go in and, and manage your, your IT for you. I mean, that's just one thing that they do, but, sure. but like they're facing those types of issues because there are more and more people who are working from home. And so how do you ensure the safety and sanctity of your members information when your company or, or your not company, your association organization as a whole is liable board members you're liable too right like you everyone is responsible for ensuring that these members have their information in a safe place and if you find out that it's not safe for any reason you are on the hook to fix that you have to fix it and um if again, if you're in a situation where you're not paying attention to how that works, then you know you're probably just lining yourself up for a whole lot of hurt in the future. So it's yeah. it's better to sort of take your medicine now than to try to wait and hope that you don't you don't ever need it. But um, I mean, that's a huge issue. It's going to be a, a huger issue. And I think that more and more people are going to be hesitant to share their information. I mean, I know when I go on, I used to just sort of let everything autofill as I was going through, like, oh, yeah, yeah, what's my titles? And Um, and now I'm like, who's asking? What are you doing with this? And do I really want this information out there? Because it's like every day I get told about a data breach and I have to change my passwords for something. And um, now I'm like, I don't know. Maybe that PDF isn't worth it. <laughs> you know, that's maybe that webinar is not worth it. Yeah, that's a huge challenge for associations and other brands who rely on that for lead generation. And but I, I agree, you're not the only one, of course, who's thinking. I don't know. Is it like really that question of is it valuable enough to me? I think is being asked by more people about more things now than it oh, was. Yeah. yeah. It just even yesterday, (laughs) you know, it's like every day you're questioning, do I want to give my information away? Do I want to participate? You know, you talked about speaking. 
do I want to rebuild my whole speaking business the way I had where I was traveling all over the world all the time? And now I, maybe I don't, you know, what is that? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't. Big secret. I don't. Um, I like, I like speaking to people, but I mean, I've, you know, I, I had a lot of reflection discovered that I appreciated more and I actually, it was more lucrative for me to focus and stay in one spot than it was for me to do all this travel and, and moving around. And so, um, so now it's like, well, I'll do some, but I'm not, I don't want it to be at the level that it was before. And I also think that, um, it's interesting to see what's happening in the, in the, you know, small towns and stuff. I think Mm -hmm. the regional, focus on community is also an interesting area to look at. I think it's interesting for a lot of different reasons, but when I see what's happening in the small town I'm a part of, and then I recently went back to, um, after 10 years, revisited my hometown in Southwest Missouri, um, the growth that's happening in the small towns in that area as a result of more remote work, people being able to move back Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, the small business, the, the small businesses that are growing more life on main streets across the United States. Um, and, and an uptick in interest in those regional civic, uh, organizations, those, those community driven civic organizations. That's very interesting to me. And I think that associations could, you know, you're probably paying a lot more attention at this point as an executive director or CEO of your association to what's going on with your chapter chapters and regional groups, you know, um, as a former, as a former chapter, uh, manager, I would say you probably should have been already, but, but yes, like, exactly. <laughs> um, but the strength is definitely there in, in people being able to get together regionally and, and connect in a way that, is meaningful for them in their immediate surroundings. And so, so I think that's kind of a trend that, that I think is really important. So in figuring out how to stay better connected, I think that, you know, that's one way that associations can have a more meaningful impact is really looking at that, that localized um, presence. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my gosh, I just looked at the clock and realized it's been a half an hour already. How is that? Yeah. <laughs> We can keep going. We can keep going. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, I don't want to take your whole day, but what other things I didn't really uh, get to ask nearly as many questions as I typically would, but um, in a good way, because we're talking about all these great things. Is there anything that's just when you were talking, thinking about talking to me about associations that you wanted to mention and I have not asked you about and you're like, please give me space to just... (laughs) Um, I, I think, so I was really trying to think of, um, the, what should associations be doing that's different? I think we really touched on it. If, if, um, if there was one thing that I think associations need to, uh, focus on, I would say those plan B plan C type scenarios and, and specifically in the way that you bring people together and that you communicate. Those are the number one priority in my mind as far as uh, what you need to think of in terms of your responsibility for ensuring the future of your organization, because you can have all the strategy that you want, but if you can't communicate with your members or can't figure out how to bring them together, you're going to struggle. And um, so 
making sure that you have the plan B and C in place for how you bring your people together. And then the other thing um, is just, and I know that this is such a, a touchy feely sort of thing, but you, you really need to be thinking about that human to human connection um, in terms of how you're relating to your, your other leaders, your staff, your volunteer leaders, um, building those relationships on purpose. It doesn't seem like it's scalable, but it doesn't, that part doesn't matter as much as actually creating those meaningful relationships, because that's what you're going to have to rely on in order to have the trust to have the hard conversations to move your, your organization in the future. So those, those would be the two main things that I would, I would want people to focus on. Yeah. It's so important. I think that human connection, and I think in general, we're going to, I think we'll see this focus, as you said, on regional personal connections, a focus on the depth of relationships as compared to scale, like more people, more people. And I think yeah. we're seeing that we've talked about, you know, in-person events becoming the luxury item because of that human connection yes. and really being able to charge more for your memberships and grow your association through less people, I think is that something we're going to see as compared to just bigger, 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 we have to have more people. I'm actually, I'm, I'm all for that. I love the idea of having a very, like when you do have that limited amount, it is a luxury to be able to know that you won't you will not be able to attend these, these events without getting to know somehow most of the people there. That sounds to me like a premium kind of engagement. And that's what I would want. You know, I'm already Mm -hmm. preparing for the, the events that I'm going to so that I can cultivate my own, my own relationships and, and career. I'm already planning now for months and months and months away, like how, who I'm going to meet with, what I'm going to do when I'm there. And that's, that's great. I think that's a, a good thing for all of us. Yeah. So. It makes me um, think of the early days of Twitter when I met you. <laughs> Twitter was a small, small, small thing. It was this huge global it, it thing. It was. And look at the relationships that we made. I mean, this was 2009, 2010, even a little bit before that. It, those have lasted the test of time. And to me, I still look at some of these relationships as the most valuable things that have contributed to my career, whether it's financially yeah. or just connections and knowing people, you know what I mean? That absolutely, me so absolutely. Than yeah. anything else I'm seeing right now on social. Well, I've known you over 10 years and it's because yeah. I mean, like, like our, the Twitter connections and all of that, like in what do they do? They drive, they drove us to want to be, in the same place at the same time and meet and do, do all of these cool, um, meet, meet up type of things and events and stuff in person. It drove those relationships to grow. And because of that, they're stronger, there's trust there. And I think, um, you know, that is encouraging. And I wish that people, I, I wish people could just like grasp how that, how that works. It's not either or, but it's right. actually just building towards everybody kind of naturally wants to to come together. So uh, just a really quick thing. I know that we're over our time, but like, is the metaverse conversation and having meetings in the metaverse, is this reminding you of second life and like the early days of like moving the <laughs> yeah. avatar around? It's so weird to me. It's so funny. Cause that was also, like, yeah. 
I wonder, actually, it's an interesting conversation. Are you seeing a lot of people in associations talking about the metaverse for? Yeah, well, I'm seeing people start to they're they're talking about it. Um, there are fewer who are actually doing it, but there are more and more saying, "Yes, we had a meeting in the metaverse," and I'm like, "Yeah, I remember Second Life. Like, I remember, but the only difference was I didn't have my Oculus headset, right? Right, but, exactly. But like. But like, yeah, as far as moving your avatar around and meeting in these these places, and I just, um, you know, I know Elon Musk says that it's like a marketing gimmick, and I was kind of in the mindset of thinking kind of like that anyway, because it's like, well, what, your avatar is meeting in, meeting in space. But then yeah. I was talking to someone who talked about how their kids are like, they're like, people are coming over. And then the guys all move into different rooms and put on their Oculus headsets and they all hang out and play these games in different rooms. And then they get together and eat and they hang out together and then they separate to go back into their spaces mm -hmm. and they love it. They're having a great time. And um, I thought, hmm, you know, I don't know if it's if yeah. it's if it's taking off and people are, you know, and it's working and they get that time together, plus they get to interact in the metaverse. It doesn't seem that different from meeting in Twitter and wanting to get together and eat either. So I don't know. I think that's the key though, is the, the both things, you know, having the yeah. ability to be in person and have that experience. It is. Uh, it's a perfect example. These kids still want to get together and eat their pizza, right? They still want right. to hang yeah. out. They just, it's just like they, this other stuff is happening elsewhere. Yeah. Other so, cool stuff to see. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for spending some time catching up. I always feel like I learn a lot from you. I'm starting to already think of some Texy Talk stuff we need to be doing and other things with clients. So this Yay. is uh, the benefit of just being able to chat with other great people, you know, people who really know what they're talking about in the industry. So thank you for your time. And thank you to those who are watching. I saw Maya and Abby are watching and others. Um, we love seeing your comments and, and just, I know that this is time for everyone. It's everyone's busy. There's a lot going on in the world. I think at some point in this, in this chat, we probably were up against Joe Biden talking about, you know, us oh <laughs> oil and <laughs> So thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, yeah. and you know, we'll have to just catch up very soon again. We will. Thank you, yeah. my friend. Thank you. Hopefully I'll see you in person very soon. <laughs> I hope so. I hope that happens. We need to yeah. make that happen. All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining. We'll be back next uh, Tuesday for another episode of the Event Hustler Show. Definitely check out Kiki and all the great stuff that she's doing on LinkedIn with association chat. Uh, we'll make sure to put some links in our bio here, in our, in our follow-up. So thank you so much everyone for joining. Have a great day. All right.